You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk. This week, we'll hear about how to train your Dragon 2, Vox Tees, and the newest version of the Voices.com iOS app. In the biz, Jennifer Smith from Voices continues our conversation about auditioning, and David Cicerelli joins me in Tech Talk to discuss the newest version of the Voices.com app for iPhone and iPad. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. How to Train Your Dragon 2, released on July 13th in North America, will grace the silver screen in China next month, giving the animated sequel a crack at the world's fastest growing movie market. Variety reports that Chinese authorities have approved the DreamWorks animation production for release on August 14th. Do you have any t-shirts that let people know you're a voice actor? Voiceover artist Luis Garcia launched a new website where you can find a variety of cozy t-shirts to record in. T-shirts and other accessories can be purchased online at voxtees.biz. Garcia will be launching his product line next month at Voice 2014. In industry news, Voices.com has released the newest version of our app for iOS. Requiring iOS 6.0 or later, the Voices.com app is compatible with iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. Voicetown are now able to share recordings generated in GarageBand with the Voices.com app for use in those all-important demos and auditions, putting new capabilities in the hands of voiceover talent and the tools that they use every day. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. For those of you who love tips about auditioning, we've got another great segment for you. Jennifer Smith joins me today, and she was here again, um, I think it was episode 64, if I'm not mistaken, and she'll be teaching us about how to audition using the Voices.com website and building upon some of the tips that she shared previously. So Jen, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Stephanie. So last time we talked about voice match and kind of how that informs how the talent audition. And uh, this week, I'm just going to ask you to build on that. For those people who have not heard episode 64, uh, could you just tell us what voice match is and then move into more of how to use that to strategically audition? Of course. So voice match is the electronic system that Voices.com uses to match the job postings up to a talent's profile. So as a talent, you're going to say, you know, I'm a male that speaks English with a North American accent that's interested in radio commercials. So you're going to get a high voice match score when something comes through uh, for a radio commercial for a male that speaks English with a North American accent. Uh, And the best part about it is that it can help you to decide which jobs are the best ones to audition for. The great thing about Voices.com is that there are all kinds of uh, jobs for you to choose from when it comes to auditioning. So now it, you know, when you're trying to figure out, okay, I've only got this much time in the day, maybe an hour or two to spend on auditioning, which ones am I going to audition for first? I would pick the ones with the highest voice match score. 
Uh, the reason that that's so important is because when a client reviews the auditions, they're actually listed for them by default in order of the voice match score. We'll discuss the app this in greater detail with so David Cicerelli in Tech Talk. Get bumped up to the top of that client's list, and you'll have a much better chance. Find of your links to these stories and more to, on the Vox Talk Facebook hired. page. So to kind of expand on that, uh, let's talk a little bit about the actual auditioning process at Voices.com. So we've talked already about how to choose which audition to audition for. Now that you've actually opened up the job posting, what do you do next? So when you audition for a job at Voices.com, you're going to be given details like the word count, uh, you're going to be given a description, you're going to be given some artistic direction, uh, you're going to know the scope of the project, what type of a, a script it is, you're all usually going to be given a copy of the script or a portion of the script to read. So what you're going to do is you're actually going to click on a button that says to reply to the job. You're going to be given a form to fill out uh, that will then put your audition in a list for the client to choose from after you're done. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're actually going to write a proposal. Uh, the proposal, you know, it's nothing complicated. It's like writing a cover letter. It's, you know, maybe a paragraph or two. Um, we've got the opportunity for you to create templates so that you can, you know, write the proposals, um, have different variations for different types of jobs, you know, and just tweak them a little bit along the way so that, uh, so that you can speed things up. But a few things I would suggest that you include in your proposal would be, uh, you know, letting clients know that you've done something like this before. You know, if this is a, you know, a, a radio commercial and it's a car commercial, you know, just give them some uh, confidence and reassurance that, you know, I've done lots of radio commercials like this before. Um, you know, here's my audition type of thing. I would also let them know if you've got a lot of experience, uh, how much experience you have. You might as well, uh, you know, kind of use this as your opportunity to sell yourself. I would also answer any questions that the client has. So if the client has said in their script, or sorry, in their job posting, I should say, that they're looking for this one thirty-second commercial, but that after they hire you for this job, they're also going to want to hire you, you know, maybe once a month. And they're kind of curious to know how much you would charge them going forward. You're going to want to answer those types of questions in your proposal. Uh, you'll also want to let them know about your availability. So if they're going to say that, you know, I need this job to be completed tomorrow, uh, just let them know I'm available all day tomorrow. I, I'm going to be easy to get a hold of and easy to work with. It's all about uh, just letting them know that you are going to be easy to work with, letting them know that they should feel comfortable about working with you and that they're going to make the right decision by hiring you. So that's kind of the things that I would include in your proposal. Um, you know, keep in mind, not all of the clients read the proposals, so you can keep it short and sweet and, uh, you know, really just answer any questions that they have and, and move right into recording your audition. So next, when it comes to recording your audition, if the client has posted a script or a portion of their script, you'll definitely want to do what we call a custom audition. So you're going to read a portion of this script for them. Read uh, 20 to 30 seconds at the most. In all reality, the client's probably going to decide if they're going to hire you within the first 5 to 10 seconds. So giving them more than that is more than enough. 
I, you would want to choose a part of the script that you feel really comfortable with. Uh, choose a part of the script that possibly is sort of the hook. If, um, you know, there's a real jazzy sales line in a, in a radio commercial, you want to make sure that you get that in there, get the punchline in. I would also suggest that you even consider doing, doing two takes of an audition. So if you're reading the direction and it seems a tiny bit conflicting or maybe seems a little bit different than how you would have interpreted the script, feel free to read two takes for the client. I would just suggest that you slate your audition at the beginning and let them know that you're going to be doing two takes. When you slate your audition at the beginning, just do this very quickly. Just say your name, Jennifer Smith, two takes. That way they'll actually listen through and, and listen to the second take. Now, you know, everybody kind of has a different opinion about slating. Um, so I wouldn't say that you would necessarily always want to slate your audition every single time you're auditioning. Uh, pay close attention to the direction again on that. I, I would always do it if they ask and, and if they don't, please make sure you don't. Uh, and if you are going to say anything other than just reading the script, that's the only thing that you're going to say. You don't want to read or say anything else. You don't want to have a conversation. Then you want to make sure that you're really just doing the audition. You don't want to let them know about all of the other little things like your availability and hi, how are you? Uh, you know, that's what you have the proposal for. I agree with you, Jennifer. No, that, that's really, really awesome. And I love how you brought up how maybe different clients or, or different people uh, maybe working at studios might have um, a perspective on slating that, that isn't necessarily the same. So I know for one instance at Voices.com, sometimes uh, the people who are managing projects for professional services actually don't want the talent to slate necessarily. So it's good that you say to follow the instructions. Of course. You have to think about the fact that not every time a client that posts a job on Voices.com is kind of the end user for that product. So it could be an advertising agency that's using the auditions on Voices.com to convince their client to hire them to do the project. Project. And they might not want their end client to know who you are. So there's little things like that that we have to watch out for. And just know that we don't necessarily have to slate to let them know who you are because your name is right front and center, uh, right beside your audition. So when you're going through the audition, uh, I would suggest that you pay close attention to the direction. Also, you know, think about how you would normally interpret that copy. And like I said, please just read a portion of it. Even if they give you the full script, they're probably just doing that for context. And you're welcome to read any portion of the script. It's just going to uh, sell it to them so much more if they can actually hear you not only reading their words, but interpreting their script. And uh, they'll be able to easily compare you to uh, the other voice talent. Now, those are great tips, Jen. And um, I know you touched on voice match earlier. You've talked about the different jobs that might be other and how to approach the client. Um, now, when you said to do a couple different takes, that means maybe slightly different interpretations from the first time that they did something. So um, what do you think they should be considering as they go and, and form an interpretation of a script? That's a really good question. So you'll see on Voices.com jobs that at the bottom of the job posting, they're going to give you an idea of what they want the job to sound like. It'll say, sounds like friendly and professional. 
So keep in mind that if they're looking for something that sounds friendly and professional, you're probably going to want to have a tone that is maybe a little bit more like this. It's very friendly. It's very calm and soothing. It sounds professional. Uh, if they're looking for something really energetic, then you want to go really high energy. Uh, however, if the what they're saying there maybe seems a little bit conflicting to the script or to another part of the job posting and you're thinking, you know, I'd really like to send them one that sounds friendly and cheerful, but then I'd also like to send one that sounds super high energy. Maybe you could do two different takes for them and just give them two different ideas to choose from. Mm -hmm. And again, you would communicate that you've done two different takes in the proposal. Would that be right? You could definitely do it there. I've also heard other successful talentonvoices.com uh, slate their audition at the beginning by saying that they'll be doing two takes just so that the client will actually continue to, to read or to listen through and hear the second part, especially if that's the one that they end up liking. <laughs> uh, so another thing that I would say to do as you're auditioning is not only to focus on this audition, but to learn from your auditioning. So as you're going through and auditioning over and over again, you want to learn from what you've done right. You want to think about, okay, which auditions uh, actually flowed really well for me? Which ones just came naturally to me? Uh, you know, when I read the line the first time, did it flow really well? Well, then that's going to be the types of auditions that you want to keep on doing. Uh, if you take a look back after you've completed your audition and it's in the answered folder, you'll see whether or not a client liked your audition. You'll see a little thumbs up icon beside it. I would definitely go back and look at those auditions and reflect back on what you did in that one that you could do again in the next one. And just learn from, from that and uh, continue to improve and learn what you're good at and what your niche is so that as you continue to go through this process, you're going to be able to focus on the auditions that, you know, you have the best chance at, at getting and then are going to, you know, ultimately get you some work. And that's good advice because you do want to look back if you have that historical track record, as you said, Jen, to kind of review it, see what maybe you were doing that had in common with one audition that was liked, was similar to this other one, uh, maybe it was a certain style, and perhaps it was because you were using your signature voice, which is what, you know, most voice talent consider to be uh, the voice that they get paid to use most frequently. So um, if you're finding that there is a pattern in the kind of reads that you're doing when you're auditioning and it's like, whoa, people really like this, then that will help you also to make more informed choices when auditioning and prioritizing those jobs that are, are better suited to your voice. Well said. <laughs> it's perfect. So, you know, now that you've actually completed your audition, or sorry, I should say completed the read, next is going to be actually editing the audition. So a lot of people ask me, how much should I edit my audition? Uh, standard practice, I would say, is to take out the deep breaths, the pops and clicks, the long pauses, make your audition sound very clean and crisp. Keep in mind that because you're working from a home studio and ultimately in the end going to be recording the final copy of this project for the client, they're not just judging you on your read, but also judging you a lot on what the sound quality is like. So sound quality is extremely important. I would suggest though just doing a dry read. So what I mean by that is that you wouldn't be adding sound effects to your voice or music or background noises. 
I what I've heard from other successful voice talent before is that they find it takes away from the read. A lot of times you have to remember that the voice is often the last part of a vo- or of the project. So sometimes the client has already kind of storyboarded everything out. They've already planned the background music. They've already thought of what the background noises are going to be. They've already thought of all of that. So if you add in some music that's completely different than what they were thinking of, it's going to be too distracting for them and they're not going to just be able to focus on, on your voice. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, if someone uses music, then it's kind of like they got in to be the creative director and have suddenly assumed control over how it might sound or and when they may already have on the client side an idea of what they want. And, and you don't want to send something in that could cost you the job, especially if your voiceover recording, what they actually want to hear, is, is actually quite suitable for their purposes. I would definitely agree, especially if we're going back to the situation before that we were talking about when uh, an advertising agency is taking that audition or somebody here from Pro Services is taking that and passing it off to their client, you know, it might not be usable for them. So after you've actually edited the recording, you've done the audition, now you have to decide how much money you want to charge the client. So the next thing to do is to determine what your quote is going to be. So when you're auditioning on Voices.com, you'll see that the client's either going to give you a set amount to, uh, for how much money they've got. They'll say, you know what, I've got $500 to spend. Or they're going to say, I've got between $500 and $750. So what we've found here in the past is that we've done research and, and pulled numbers on you know, large amounts of jobs that have gone through. And the sweet spot is right around the middle. So most of the talent get hired when they quote around the middle of the budget range. So if you quote right around the middle of the budget range, you're you know probably going to be quite competitive. However, you also want to pay close attention to the actual job. You know, how many words is it? Did this client maybe just squeeze in at that budget range and really maybe they should have been, you know, putting it up to 750 to 1000 and they just kind of got in there? Well, maybe you you know from experience that, you know, how many, uh, based on the word count, how much your time is worth. Mm-hmm. All very good points. So so when someone goes and quotes, lots of things to consider, you know, is this even something that I, I can do for this, this range or this budget? Um, but also making sure that you are competitive. And, and as you said, Jen, like most of those quotes, they do come in in the middle. And um, I know from reports I have seen that most of the talent who are booking are, are more or less in that middle range up towards the top of the range. I would definitely agree. However, keep in mind that sometimes remember that, you know, it takes a little bit of practice to know what jobs are worth what amount. And eventually, you know, you'll you'll kind of get the, the hang of that. And after you've done a couple of jobs, you'll really start to learn what, what, uh, what your time is worth. All right. So they've gone through all those steps and they're ready to click submit. Uh, I know that they can review or like preview it, I should say. They can preview their auditions. So why don't you just let us know what they can do uh, and what they should be checking to make sure that everything is A-OK before they send. Of course. So you definitely want to preview your audition, take a quick listen to the audition, make sure that you uploaded the right file. It's happened quite a few times where somebody's uploaded the wrong file and called us in in a panic. Um, the other thing that you would want to do is just double check your quote, make sure that you that you didn't uh, have a typo, and then also just 
you know, quickly glance over your proposal. And again, make sure you don't have any spelling mistakes or errors. Maybe take a quick look at the actual description of the job posting again and uh, double check that you're not uh, missing any questions that they might have asked. Well, very fair. Thank you again, Jen. I'm sure we'll have you on for other tips because I know that you are often on webinars and on videos and even uh, sometimes in person at workshops with some of the uh, greatest coaches that are out there teaching about how to do this. So I appreciate your time and I hope that you'll come back again. Oh, I'd love to anytime. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. I have David Cicerelli here with me in the studio. David is the co-founder and CEO of Voices.com. And uh, not to leave this out, he's also my husband. So welcome, David, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Steph. Anytime. It's always a pleasure. So, David, I know that we've recently released a new version of our iOS apps, uh, but not everyone here listening necessarily knows that we have an app or, or even what it does. So would you mind just explaining to us a bit about our app? For sure. Let's start there. So about a year and a half ago, we launched the original version of our iOS app. Um, we originally started just with an iPhone app uh, and then uh, rebuilt it, if you will, into uh, providing iPad support as well, too. So um, basically what it can do is if you are a client, um, somebody who's looking to hire a voice talent, that you can go on and search for, post jobs, audition, and then ultimately hire one of the many professional voice talent um, at thevoices.com uh, service. And you can do all that through either your phone or your iPad. Um, then for those talent, um, what we've been getting great feedback from a lot of talent, that basically it allows them uh, to be able to receive job uh, notifications on the app and then be able to review the job postings, audition directly on the app itself, either using a file that they have previously uploaded or recording um, on the uh, on using their iPhone or iPad, kind of a built-in microphone. Obviously, there's accessory microphones that they can use as well, too. But basically, they can do auditions on the go. Uh, a couple quick stories, if I may. I mean, we've asked for feedback about, uh, you know, are people using the app? Where are you using it from? And uh, we've heard people that uh, some of the talent have actually recorded from a, a drive-through uh, at the in the Tim Hortons, which is a local uh, uh, restaurant chain here in, in Canada. Um, somebody was waiting for their kids after school and did an audition in the car. And uh, my favorite actually was a fellow who was uh, traveling on a summer vacation with his family. Um, and I don't know why he was uh, had on his iPhone on the Colorado River when he was kayaking, but apparently he did an audition from the Colorado River when he was kayaking. So um, definitely kind of just shows you the level of engagement that people have with the application. My goodness. I think I do know that one story mm -hmm. and I'm not going to call them out, yep. um, but that was quite the uh, the brave thing to do, For I sure. suppose. <laughs> to yeah. have and the auditioning heard... on the white water rafting. Exactly. In airports and hotel rooms and so forth. So, um, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's a sense that uh, when a new job comes in and it's well suited for your skill set that uh, the talent uh, really want to kind of jump on that and get something in as quickly as possible. So the app really empowers them to do so. No, that's great. And I know that this newest version actually lets people do more than they could have done ever before, frankly, with their auditions and, and editing and, and kind of accessing GarageBand. So could you tell us a bit more about that? For sure. So those who are familiar with um, maybe have an iMac or a, uh, an Apple computer um, of some kind at home, um, most of them nowadays come uh, with a GarageBand audio recording and editing software kind of pre-bundled or packaged with the computer. Um, so that's often the first piece of software that people use if they're kind of dabbling into um, audio recording. So uh, Apple 
who are the uh, makers uh, of GarageBand, actually has um, made that app available for a free download um, on iPhone and iPad as well. So when we looked at our own editing capabilities in the Voices.com app, we realized, well, kind of why would we want to reinvent the wheel? You know, we, what, you know, when we can tie into it a really amazing, um, you know, other application, you know, Apple's GarageBand. At the time, we didn't, you know, originally didn't want to kind of go that way because it was a, it was a paid-for app. I think it was about ten dollars. But now that it's free makes a lot more sense for us to kind of tie into something else, make it really easy for everyone to create multi-track recordings, add um, other kind of production elements, um, equalization, compression, um, and just being able to kind of spruce up the, the auditions even a lot more. So the way it works now is that you'd be able to do the audition um, in uh, GarageBand, and then when you're uh, submitting through the Voices.com app, there's a new kind of option or pop-up window that gives you the ability to um, find that file located on your, on your device uh, that you re previously recorded in GarageBand, and then in effect, import that into the Voices.com app and then um, send that off to the client. So um, it's a little hard to explain, you know, obviously with an audio podcast, but uh, for those that are interested, um, they can certainly update the app. And then um, if, they don't, if you don't have GarageBand free already, I encourage you to download that one as well and you can give it a try. So how many downloads have there been over the last little while of the app? Yeah, so far we're, uh, we're about 25,000. So a good kind of community of people using the app on an ongoing basis, which is obviously great encouragement for us. We, we want to keep it up to date um, and maintaining um, not only the look and feel, but also extending the functionality of it as well. Speaking of the look and feel, there is some changes visually that we had made to this version of the app. It's, in, uh, it's consistent with the overall um, design principles that Apple had set out with their um, I guess or this year, their recent iOS 7 kind of their operating system change um, to what's known in design circles as flat design, Bas basically getting rid of all the kind of drop shadows and 3D look. It's very kind of a flat, um, you know, two-dimensional type design. So uh, we've uh, incorporated a lot of that into our app, but specifically around the audio players. So the audio players will, will look a bit different. Basically, it's a big circle with a triangle in the middle, um, kind of a universal symbol, if you will, for clicking the play button and, uh, and hearing that uh, demos and aud uh, auditions through the app. So that's uh, one particular visual change that I thought I'd mention on the podcast today. Well, that's great. And I'm glad you brought it up because people will notice these things when they're using the app. Um, something that I know is kind of off in the distance a little bit, although not too far away, is possibly the translation of the app. As you know, uh, our listeners know that there is a Spanish version of our website, and it would only be natural that we would move ahead and translate other aspects of our, our presence, including the app. So uh, when can we expect to see that? And are you already working on this? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, going global is a big strategic initiative for us here at Voices. And uh, it started first with um, the translation of the website. Um, and uh, as we've uh, featured Sergio on a previous podcast uh, in his role as export manager in, in, into Latin America is uh, really kind of our, our first uh, geographical um, uh, expansion. Um, but we also recognize that we need to support all of our products, if you will. So the website being a product, um, so the website's uh, available in Spanish. And then now um, the apps themselves will be available in other languages 
uh, naturally starting with Spanish. And so that's uh, in the works as we speak. Um, so for those, uh, those people who uh, prefer to access the app uh, in those app stores, um, they can do so. So I should uh, mention as well that the app is available not only, it's basically the way Apple s sets it up, is it available on a kind of country by country basis? So um, even if you're in, for example, Germany, you can still download the Voices.com app. Um, it may not be in German right now, but we, uh, we do have it um, available in your app store. So long and the short of it is, is uh, go search for Voices.com in the app store and uh, hopefully you'll find it there. Well, great. And uh, as you referenced the App Store, uh, but are there any other places where people can learn more about the app and, and what it does? Sure. So um, you can just simply head either to uh, Voices.com slash iPhone or Voices.com slash iPad. Both of those will get you to um, resource sections that include a video, um, uh, user guides, um, some kind of stories from people using the apps as well, too. Um, there's also a great video on YouTube that's about um, maybe about 40 minutes long, and you can kind of get, uh, you know, the idea of the app in the making. And it's a kind of personal walkthrough, um, screen by screen, you know, our thought process of how we built the app and how it works. So that's on YouTube. And again, you can just look at Voices.com um, iPhone app and you'll be able to find it there. Well, that's splendid. So David, thank you very much for being on this segment with me today. Uh, I do want to stress to anyone who uses an Android device, we do have an Android app. Today, we're just focusing on the iOS. But in a future episode, we will certainly talk about that. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. You're welcome. VoxBox, sharing your audio feedback. Have you worked hard to remove any trace of your native accent? Voice artist and Jeopardy! champion Arthur Chu recently blogged for NPR calling his article Breaking Out the Broken English. As a Chinese-American, Chu adopted the American accent and worked hard at this from a young age to fit in. Now that said, when called upon to voice English projects with a Chinese accent, Chu finds it challenging to perform the accent he's worked so hard to leave behind. Bit of a struggle. In his article, he writes, What a paradox. When I sound real, I'm fake. And when I sound fake, I'm real. I can only wonder how many of my fellow hyphenated Americans can say the same. Can you relate to what Arthur is saying? Send in your audio feedback to Stephanie at Voices.com. Thank you again for joining us this week. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, and remember to stay subscribed and take part in the conversations on the Vox Talk Facebook page. Until next time.